Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk Podcast. We are very excited to be with you again this week, celebrating a BYU victory over the Virginia Cavaliers, who have been dubbed the Cavaliers after, you know, Tyler really did it dirty to them. Sheesh. Today, we're going to be talking about the BYU-Virginia game. We'll be recapping our favorite games from Week 9, and we will be also recapping the college football playoff rankings, which we are live reacting to. This is going to be a good one. Also, we wanted to give a quick shout-out to our social media pages, Instagram and Twitter. Please follow us at Les Talk Pod. There is a ton of good content going up right now. So, let's get excited for it all. Without further ado, let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go Virginia! That's right! Let's back this booler. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go wild, Let's go, baby. And welcome in to your favorite college football podcast. Um, BYU played yet another football game on Saturday night. I think that's like, what, nine total now? (laughs) But before you get worried, the game ended at 11.59 p.m. Did not go into Sunday because as a good Christian university, we do not play on Sundays. No Sunday play. That would be despicable. Folks, this game was against the Virginia Cavaliers. Algiers, as they have been dubbed, and this was a roller coaster. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Let goodness. me tell you. Um, what do you guys think about this game? First I mean, like thing you, you said. No, yeah. I was just gonna say, first thing comes to my mind is holy nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. Holy bejeebers. Like Dan was saying, this was an absolute roller coaster. First, we go up twenty-one-zero. Yeah. Fantastic. In like the first two minutes and 30 seconds, if I'm not mistaken. We're losing we our did. minds. It was insane. Two three and outs and an interception on their first three offensive drives. And all and three led to points, touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. My brain was absolutely bleeding. And then Virginia <laughs> came all the way back and took the lead at halftime. <laughs> yeah. And I think at that point, we were all saying, that's it. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose by three touchdowns. But yeah. then we pulled it out and we won at the end. It was a miracle. It was absolutely nuts. I've never seen a BYU team score that many points mm-hmm. in a very long time. An extremely long... Like, have we ever seen BYU just go toe-to-toe with a team like that? Score, 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 score. I mean, not that I can remember. Like, <laughs> we've seen them score a lot last year. Mm-hmm. It was against abysmal talent. It wasn't right. against, like, a Virginia team. This is the most amount of points that we have scored against a Power 5 opponent in program history. Wow. So, big shout-out to wow. Jaron Hall, to the offense, to Tyler Algier for really putting together an absolute firework show on the field. Yeah. The 115 total points was uh, close to double the over-under. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, BYU was one point away from hitting the over-under, which is 67. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that is the most total combined, combined points in Lavelle Edwards Stadium history. Yeah. Love to see it. Edging out the Toledo game from 2019. Yes. Um, I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from this is Tyler Alfreaking Jeer. 
Holy balls. <laughs> Holy balls, indeed. Tyler Algier tied the BYU record for most rushing touchdowns in a single game set by Jamal Williams in that Toledo game that we mentioned earlier. He is that 20- five? Yes, five, five touchdowns. touchdowns in one game. Yes. As a running back. <laughs> That's 35 points. That's insane. That's a lot of points. Yeah. He now has 1,000 yards on the season, good, and good. he is now number 10 all-time on career rushing yards at BYU. Ooh, he broke the top 10. Holy cow. So yeah. we have a generational running back in front of our eyes, one of the BYU all-time greats. We got to just sit back and enjoy it, because I honestly don't think he'll be here much longer. You know what? I don't think so either. The NFL is definitely taking stock of Tyler Algier. Oh, yeah. Even if the East Coast isn't, because the game will finish at 1.59 a.m., <laughs> uh, Tyler Algier is everything you want in an NFL running back. He runs violently, he's fast, he's stocky, he can run over people. He's everything you could ever want. And don't forget, he's one of the three Nephites. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's right. Yeah, he's got the Spartan punch. How could an NFL team pass that up? Yeah, seriously, we should write a letter to all commissioners, like, including the Book of Mormon passage that teaches about the (laughs) Tyler Algier is one of these. This is him. (laughs) Honestly, I think he should go. Um, You know, as much as we would love to have Tyler Algier stay, we do have some great running backs in our arsenal, and we are all about getting our guys to the pros. This is not all about just, you know, the success of our team. It's about the success of our players. And I really think Tyler Algier has the ability to succeed and to put a better name for BYU out there in the NFL. So I think that he should go at the end of this year. Yeah, as a BYU fan, I would love to have him here every year, forever. (laughs) But I think ultimately, I, you know, as a fan, I have to say I want what is best for him and what, you know, he wants for himself. Which if I were him, I would go to the NFL, get paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars and get to play football for the rest of your life. Kind so, of yeah, as much <laughs> as I'd love to have him at BYU, I think it's in his best interest to go to the NFL. And like Justin said, I think it's in BYU, the programs, the brand's interest to have him go pro as well. Yeah. No, I I think he could make a butt ton of money if he stays through NIL. But True. That is a new dynamic. Right. And so in order to get paid, he might not have to especially... Oh, shoot. Uh, so we have a Rose Bowl prediction from the New Year's Six projections, um, which, goodness gracious, (laughs) as it stands right now, Ohio State would play the University of Utah Utah in the Rose Bowl. Bowl. (laughs) Spoiler alert, because we do our live reactions later. Utah not even ranked. I swear, if Utah goes to the Rose Bowl with like a four and five record, I just can't, I will lose. I'm already losing my bananas right now. Yeah, man. Utah sucks. Get him out of there. This is why those conference tie-ins are a problem Absolute for New Year's Six Bowls, right? Oh my goodness. Okay, <sighs> okay. Where were we? <laughs> we were talking about Tyler Algier. Yes, that he should go to the NFL. It is in BYU's best interest that he go and tear it up in the NFL. Yeah, and I guess we'll see what uh, what he thinks about that after the end of this year. Um, one big question that is going around, who do you guys think won the game on Saturday? Was it the defense or was it the offense? Um, I would have to say the offense. I think going into this game, uh, we knew that Virginia's offense was really, 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 really good. Um, and they have their quarterback who had like 
you know, almost three times as many yards as Jaron Hall had, and yeah. you know, three times as many touchdowns. So we knew that we were gonna have to, you know, keep up with them this game if we wanted a chance. And our season high before this game was thirty-five against USF. So we knew we would have to do much better than that to win. We did, in a big way, scoring sixty-six and you know putting up seven hundred something yards, <laughs> which was unprecedented. I think that I think the offense. I mean, of course, both sides contributed, but I think the offense is what won us the game ultimately. See, that's interesting. I am gonna go with the defense Ooh. because oh, trouble in paradise. Boy, boy. <laughs> Because the offense was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. out of this world, right? And that's what we needed in order to win. But the difference in the game was 17 points, right? 49-66. And our defense forced three turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part to look at. And also, yeah. if you take out the second quarter, BYU wins that game in a blowout. The second quarter alone is what let Virginia back into the game. They scored 35 points in one yeah. quarter. That yeah, can we talk about that quarter real quick? <laughs> yeah. And of their like 500 and some odd yards that they had, 588 yards, 350 plus of that came in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So I'm so going to go. I just want to, we didn't like officially cover this in the recap. BYU went up 21-0, and then in the second quarter, Virginia scored on touchdowns on five straight drives. Mm-hmm. All in, you know, they scored one in the end of the first, and then four straight in the second. Or was it five in the second? Five and, in the second. And one in the first, so six total. Yeah. And if we didn't, if we weren't up 21-0, I think we would have been toast. Yeah. Because we looked like we had no answer for that. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, the defense figured things out in the second half, got those crucial turnovers, and, you know, made the game winnable. So I think, I mean, you have a point there with the defense. Yeah. Uh, Something interesting that I heard Kalani and Ed Lamb and Tuyaki, they were all talking about it after the game. Because, and we kind of noticed this too, like there were no TV timeouts in that first quarter. Yeah. And it was crazy. We found out that was because the game on ESPN2 before had gone over, mm-hmm. right? And so the game wasn't being broadcast, and so there were no TV timeouts. And we saw in the first three possessions, three and out, pick, three and out, BYU's defense was holding its own. And the game plan was to come out, play some man, throw a little bit of zone in there. You know, this is according to the coaches. And it worked for the first little bit, but because there were no timeouts, because our offense was getting off the field so quickly, they were scoring in a hurry, mm-hmm. our Guys got tired, and so the man defense didn't work as well because our defense, our personnel on the field trying to play man got really tired, and so that's what led to the 35-point outbreak. At defense or at halftime, they made adjustments to play a little more zone, rotate the personnel, and that's what ended up, you know, holding Virginia at only seven points in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at halftime, this score was looked like a basketball score. It was 42 <laughs> to 38. Like, Jared's uncles were texting, like, did BYU basketball season start early or something? Yeah. Because this is a halftime of a basketball game. It was insane. It was really fun to be there. I'm going to have to agree with Jared on this one. I do think that the defense won us this game. Um, our offense played extremely well. I don't think any of us were expecting our offense <laughs> to be able to put up nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But I think with how Virginia's defense was playing, our offense was going to score. It was just going to score. It was going to happen. So our offense deserves a ton of credit. 
but I'm going to give 51% of the credit to the defense <laughs> because of those three turnovers. And really, the first turnover, that one like didn't play a huge role in the game. Maybe it allowed us to go up 21-0, like you were saying, Dan. If we don't go up that that uh, that amount, maybe we don't win. But those last two, if I'm not mistaken, they were both in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. if not one in the late third, one in the early fourth. Then, I mean, those really were the game changers. So I got to give 51% of the credit to our defense for helping us overcome that deficit that we had at halftime and to win by 17 points. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, we would like to hear what you guys think. Hit us up in our DMs, you know, tell us what you guys think. We love uh, responding to you guys. This is really fun for mm-hmm. us. Um, shifting more towards the offensive side, can we expect more of this moving forward? Um, I hope so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think this is, uh, it wasn't necessarily a fluke. I can see us putting up 42 points against Georgia Southern and against Idaho State. I don't see us putting up 10 touchdowns. Jaron Hall is playing incredibly, incredibly right now. He's playing a lot better. It looks like his ribs are finally healed up. He's diving for touchdowns. He's taking hits. The long ball is looking a whole lot better. So I think that our offense has finally found a rhythm, has finally found a groove, because that's what it lacked with Jaron Hall for a long time was rhythm. Now that it has it, I think it can really steamroll and it can move on the tracks and I think it can really, really gain some force. Yeah, I think the main factors, or a couple of them that made this kind of offensive outbreak possible was Jaron Hall getting you know healthier mm-hmm. as time passed. We've seen in previous games, he hasn't looked 100%, and you, know, you could tell by the way he played and the way he you know ran around in the pocket. I think he's healthy now. We saw that this game, and also Virginia's defense is... Nothing to write home about. <laughs> yeah, and looking at our schedule going forward, I think. I mean, we may not score sixty-six, but I think our offense has an easy path. If Jaron Hall continues to be healthy and play like he did on Saturday night, we have Idaho State, which <laughs> is one and seven FCS team. <laughs> we should be able to, you know, play as well offensively until the starters go out, at least. Yeah. <laughs> then we have Georgia Southern. Who's kind very bad. Same story, yeah, not <laughs> if not good. worse. And then USC, they're averaging 29 points per game on defense, like scoring defense. Which is pretty high. Yeah, yeah, which is not great. And, you know, Arizona scored 34 on USC. So I think <laughs> we could put up big numbers on them as well and continue this good offensive trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you guys. The offense is looking good. I would like to apologize to Jaron. Um, only halfway. I was calling for Baylor for a while, which, to my credit, was low-key warranted because Jaron wasn't super healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now that he is healthy, I can see why he's a starter. Mm-hmm. He can put those deep balls in places that the DBs can't, right? And something that A-Rod was saying that I don't know if all of our listeners have heard is that Jaron underthrowing receivers has been intentional. Because as we've seen, like the Keanu Hill back shoulder throw, that was obviously underthrown, right? But some of the other ones, they've saying he's underthrowing on purpose because the DBs have a harder time locating an underthrown ball rather than an overthrown ball. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting as well, right? Because when you underthrow, like the DB isn't looking for the ball usually, right? And so he's not going to be able to make a play on it. So you either catch the ball, come close to it, or you get a P.I., so I think that's really interesting. I like Jaron as our starter moving forward because he looked fantastic in this game. And let me just say, that back shoulder throw was a work of art. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was necessarily underthrown. I think that was a designed back shoulder throw, and Jaron Hall executed it perfectly. And those are the types of throws that you need to make 
to be successful at the Division One college level, to be successful at the NFL level too. Oh yeah. Because as we play teams that have better and better man covered, like man covered players, like, yeah, you know, they will absolutely need. Oh, sorry, Maxion just got a little bit of crazy. Got a little bit crazy. <laughs> they will absolutely need to do that. So, mm-hmm. Jaron Hall will absolutely need to be able to keep throwing those back shoulder throws. I'm glad that he did that. I am now a Jaron Hall believer. His ribs are healthy. He's looking good. He's my starter as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you guys. And like Jared, uh, earlier in the season, I was saying I prefer to have Baylor Romney over in a banged-up Jaron Hall who was not running the ball, was kind of skittish in the pocket, taking too many sacks, kind of mm-hmm. indecisive. And his throws were not looking great either. But this game, Jared proved to me personally and to everyone, I think, what he's made of. And it's it's electric. <laughs> <laughs> he looked really good. He had huge numbers this game. And I think he also has an intangible factor where he just kind of shows up in big games. We saw it with the Utah game this year where mm-hmm. he finally broke the streak of BYU losing to Utah. Hallelujah. And <laughs> that's something that I think you need in a quarterback. You can't just have someone who's skilled. You need to have someone who shows up when the pressure is on and gets the win. And this game especially, there was a lot of pressure on the offense <laughs> to keep up with Virginia, and he did what was necessary. So yeah, um, give him his flowers. As <laughs> yeah. I say. Give him his flowers. I like it. Um, one last thing for me on this game, the Nakua's holy balls, bro. Sheesh. Wow, they are good. They each had 107 receiving yards. Yeah, the and a amount. touchdown. Exactly. Is that same weird or what? The, <laughs> the only stat that separated them was receptions, because Puka had more receptions than Samson did. Yeah, but that is absolutely insane that they had the same amount of yards. <laughs> Same amount of touchdowns. They provided the same amount of spark to BYU. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. My favorite was after... Because BYU just, like, went boom, 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 right? Like, on the first series. Yeah. And when Puka... I don't think it was the first series, but when Puka caught that touchdown in the corner and he ran over to the sideline and him and Samson oh, yeah. basically <laughs> tackled each other and went yeah. helicoptering through the air. They were yep. trying to do, oh. like, a chest bump or something <laughs> and just went flying off of each other. It was amazing. fantastic. That was beautiful. Also, shout out to number four. Uh, I'm not sure what your name is. I believe it's Billy Kemp the fourth. Uh, for oh, whatever yeah. reason, he, he tried to hype like he looked at the crowd as the game was beginning, and he was saying like, "Come on, we're gonna beat you!" Like he was trying to hype up the crowd. Yeah, he's and the say, kick like, returner. Honestly, he was trying to say that we're gonna beat you guys. So, what did Jared, Dan, and I do? We absolutely belittled him and <laughs> insults at him for the rest of the game, telling Heckled him that him he sucked. Bit. And honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you, Billy Kemp. There's a reason you're the fourth. You're not Ooh. the first. You're not the second. You're not the third. It's because Virginia's garbage. Yep. Take that. Virginia's defense is actually really bad. <laughs> um, it's funny to see with, with him, you know, before the opening kickoff when he was back to receive, he was kind of not taunting, but just kind of messing with the, messing taunting, with the yeah. crowd. <laughs> and then for like the next four of our kickoffs, or maybe all of them, it was a touchback. <laughs> he didn't even touch the ball. He didn't touch the ball. Once all he didn't of them even were touch the ball. Every single time he just stood there waved his arm, then ran off the field. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking before the game, trying to get in our heads. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for me. One funny thing that I thought when Kalani in his post game, the Greg and Riley were telling him, like, did you know that Tyler Edger is 20 yards short of Jamal's record? Kalani's answer was just like a long pause. 
dang it. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The maction is getting crazy. We have a muffed punch. <laughs> Man, we cannot have maction on while we're recording these podcasts. Oh, otherwise. no. I mean, I basically lost the ability to speak. <laughs> Jared lost the ability to control himself right there. There was absolute nonsense oh, going man. on on the television. Gotta love Maction. Tuesday night Maction, folks. And we got Wednesday night Maction this week, too. Yeah. Tomorrow. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit after <laughs> this with our, uh, we have an ad this week. Or something we were just talking about. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, any last thoughts on the Virginia game? Tyler Algier, the offense, mm. the defense. My final thoughts are this. I'm extremely proud of our team for going out and putting up as many points as it did. For getting in a shootout and not getting in over its head, the defense never gave up. Offense never gave up. We executed our game plan. Tuiaki made halftime defensive adjustments, so shout out to him for doing yeah, that. that was huge. It was beautiful. Our team played an incredible game. I could not have asked for any better. Shout out to the Cougs. Yeah, the third, the, or the second quarter was extremely ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fan. Our defense just looked Terrible, had no match for Virginia. They were scoring every single time they got the ball. But we did make the adjustments in the second half and only allowed one more touchdown. And one thing I don't think we've talked enough about is the turnovers. Virginia had three, um, two interceptions and a lost fumble. Two of them were big plays in, at, uh, in the Towards fourth the end of the quarter. Towards the end of the game. And then BYU had zero turnovers. Yeah. Which I think... It's a recipe for success. Helps a lot, yeah. yeah. I believe the stat is that when BYU is positive in the turnover margin, or when BYU has zero turn- turnovers in the Kalani era, Kalani's like twenty-two and one or something. Like that. <laughs> oh yeah. So we don't turn the ball over. But Jaron Hall hasn't turned the ball over a lot. He's been doing Not a pretty really. good job yeah. of taking care of the ball, especially as a retro sophomore. I'm pretty sure she he still has net zero. <laughs> net zero. Oh, yeah. Net yeah, zero interceptions game. by our. By our, By our metrics. metrics. Stats. Yep. He has no <laughs> interceptions. So if we can keep doing that, that is a recipe for success this year, next year, in the Big 12 for the rest of the Colony era. Yeah. Uh, for me, I just loved the game. That was my favorite game. Uh, oh, yeah. I got a little tired of singing the fight song. I think <laughs> I calculated it. We sang it 14 times during the game. Nice. 14 times. Uh, it's a little much, but I'll take it over not singing it enough. Especially when The Rock can't stay on beat to save oh its life. Oh my gosh. It, <laughs> that like, was so bad. The first, the first time <laughs> oh we sang the fight song, Rock was like a whole met, like a whole line <laughs> yeah. in front. Uh-huh. It was bad. Anyway. That, oh, that one more rap- thing. Oh, yeah. That my dad like texted our family towards the end of the game. <laughs> he was wondering... Are those ROTC guys okay with their push-ups? <laughs> because I didn't even think of them. Yeah, they had I totally to do forgot about like, them. I'll be, I don't know how many off the top of my head, but over 100 push-ups yeah. Oh, yeah. total, which <laughs> probably, three probably isn't too hard for them, but they had to do hundreds of push-ups that game. I don't think they're expecting that. Oh, man. Well, that wraps it up for us. Um, uh, thoughts and prayers out to the ROTC guys. Yeah, yeah they're probably feeling they're sore okay. today. And the poor band members that have to try and stay on beat while the rock is clapping at oh, twice yeah. the speed. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so now we're going to go. We're going to time travel a little bit. We're going to go to the college football playoff reveal, mm-hmm. the ranking reveal. Yep. And then we'll finish off with our fastest 15. Alrighty, here we are. We are watching the college football playoff first rankings. And uh, yeah, we're excited. Uh, We're watching the intro video right now. Yeah, time to see how dumb the committee is this year. (laughs) (laughs) 
So big storylines coming into this year. Number one is not a storyline. Everybody knows that's going to be Georgia, yeah. right? Yep. Georgia mm-hmm. Bulldogs. I think what we're excited to see is where does the committee place Cincinnati, right? Yeah, and where they place Cincinnati will be huge for the remainder of their rankings. If mm-hmm. they put Cincinnati in the top four now, then they'll need an excuse to take them out. But if they don't put them in and they just hope that, okay, maybe Cincinnati will lose a game, they'll kick themselves out, they don't have to explain themselves why they don't put Cincinnati in the playoff at the end of the year. So where they put Cincinnati now will basically tell you whether or not Cincinnati has a chance to make the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's kind of a rift within college football of, you know, big, big, uh, sorry, power five versus group of, group of five. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati being an undefeated G5 team with a pretty good schedule. Th- that win over they Notre Dame is Yeah, they got a better. few power looking five really wins. Good. But some people want to say that, oh, a one-loss Alabama or Ohio State should be ranked higher than an undefeated group of five team. So we'll see what the committee thinks, how they weigh in on that. And I think that'll be you know, a, a big precedent going forward for college football. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Another topic that I'm looking for is where are they going to put Ohio State versus Oregon versus Alabama? It's these three one-loss teams that all have – Different loss. Ohio State probably has the best loss, but Oregon has the best win out of any of those mm-hmm. teams. So I'm, ex- right. yeah. I'm excited to see where they put that. And also, you got Alabama there, and you know the committee loves Alabama. So I oh, wonder yeah. if that'll have to play with sure do. where Alabama falls in relation to Ohio State and Oregon. And let's be honest, these rankings only partly have to do with how good of a football team you are. <laughs> they also have to do with money. The college football playoff, they want money at the end of the year. They want fan bases that will travel to see them play. They want teams that have large fan bases that will fill up stadiums. That's why a lot of people say, oh, it's because the G5, eh, the talent just isn't there. It's not that. It's because the G5 doesn't have as big a fan base as these P5 schools like Ohio State, Alabama, Mm -hmm. that have hundreds of thousands of fans all across the nations that will fill up stadiums. Okay, is it just me, or does Kirk Herbstreit suddenly look like he's – like in his late twenties, <laughs> I think it's a haircut. Like the dude's looking good. He's had some work done. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to Kirk Herbstreit. So, but yeah, that's that's my theory. They want teams in the playoff that will put butts in chairs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, like my father always says, AIS in five minutes before we leave. <laughs> Figure out what that means. But that's what the committee wants. <laughs> they want AIS. AIS, right? AIS. That's what they want. <laughs> and so A-I-S. I'm excited to see. How that shows this time around, right? Oh, now, I, I got a question for both of you. Okay. We do have another undefeated Power 5 team that nobody's talking about. Where does Wake Forest end up at the Ooh. end of all of this? I have some thoughts about this. As, you know, kind of an East Coast guy. <laughs> um, big, big fan of the ACC. Not a football conference, mind you, <laughs> but we've seen year in and year out with this with Clemson. They play the cupcake ACC schedule, and they go undefeated, and they make the playoff. They wind up as two. Or yeah. Three. Wake Forest, so far, has done the exact same thing with one exception. They weren't a preseason you know, top two or three team. Mm-hmm. Now, we've learned thus far that those preseasons preseason polls mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Just like 
I mean, in my opinion, a lot of the AP polls are kind of whack yes. every week. <laughs> so Not as whack as the coaches poll. <laughs> I mean, if you compare Wake Forest this year to Clemson's of past years, I think they should be in serious contention. Yeah. What the playoff thinks, because they're not one of those you know, blue blood big names, is another story. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see where they fall as well, because they've shown that they're an exceptional an exceptional football team. No, exceptional mm-hmm. works. Exceptionable. Yeah, yeah. exceptionable. They're you got a... that here first. <laughs> Coin it. <laughs> they're an exceptional football team. <laughs> they... <laughs> They had that incredible shootout with Army, right? Oh, my goodness. But mm. listen to these other wins. They beat Old Dominion by 32, right? Okay, like yeah. you should. Sure. They beat Norfolk State by 35, like you should. They yeah. beat Florida State by 21, like you should. Um, they're they beat, hot right now. They beat Virginia, who yeah. was a 7-3 team, 6-3 team, by 20. Wow. They beat Louisville by 3 and Syracuse by 3. Mm. And, oh, oh, here we go. Oh, starting at the end. All right. Yeah. 25, we got Pitt. 24, San Diego State, 23, Fresno State, 22, Iowa, and 21, Wisconsin. Ooh, are you surprised to see Wisconsin in the mix? Uh, I mean, I'm surprised. I don't know. That is a surprise to me because they're not even ranked ranked in the the AP AP poll. poll. Nope. I don't think San Diego State is ranked in the AP poll right now either. They are. I think they just. Yeah, they're receiving votes. They're They're receiving votes. votes. But they're a 24. Now, that's insane to me. Interesting. You know, Wisconsin really struggled to begin the year. They've since come on a little hot streak. They just beat Iowa last week. Mm-hmm. Honestly, their defense is probably the third best defense in the nation. Yeah. Behind Georgia and Clemson. They've got a great So, defense. Wisconsin's got a great team. Maybe they'll hit a hot streak. And who knows? Maybe they'll throw their name in the hat for the Big Ten West. Yeah. I, I find yeah. that really interesting. I find it very interesting that Fresno State, San Diego State, and Pittsburgh are all, you know, like rounding out the the last little bit. I didn't think Pitt would be ranked after their poor showing against Miami. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Fresno State would be ranked after they've had a couple losses this season. But the committee was giving them a, yeah, at least a little bit of props. Respect. Showing some G5 love to Fresno State and San Diego State, both ranked. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's got to be the first time both teams are ranked in the college football playoff rankings like in the history of their program yeah which which dates back to like 2014 so it's not like a huge history (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. that's huge for fresno state for san diego state for g5 teams as a whole yeah but san diego state the only p5 win they have if i'm not mistaken is against utah okay big for them interesting we are on to 20 through 16 number 20 minnesota 19 nc state 18 kentucky 17 mississippi state and 16 ole miss I think the biggest thing for me here this is weird. How where's BYU? Yeah. Yeah, they're not in the they're not in the top 16. They're not 16 or sorry, they're 25. not 16 through 25. I want to hear you guys' take on why Minnesota is right here cuz Minnesota hasn't even sniffed the AP poll this nope. year. Yeah. That's very interesting. I think Minnesota has played well recently. If it wasn't for a fluky loss against um what was that? Bowling, Bowling Green. Green. Fluky loss against Bowling Green. Their only loss is to Ohio State, which this probably tells you how the committee is valuing Ohio State. So Ohio State, my Mm. guess is that they'll be in the top four because they put Minnesota here. Minnesota played Ohio State close week one, so I think that's why Minnesota's getting that boost. So Mississippi State, (laughs) NC State, and Minnesota all unranked in the AP poll. Yeah. But they're all top 20 teams in the playoff poll. Yeah, shout out to Mississippi what a surprise. I, I think this is the time that the college football playoff committee really, really, really values head-to-head. Okay. 
Now, Kentucky and Mississippi, and Mississippi State just played. Yeah. If they hadn't just played, I don't think Mississippi State is here. But Kentucky's had quite a year. You have to put them in. So, because Mississippi State beat them, you have to throw Mississippi State in now. All right. Here comes the next slew of teams. At 15, we have BYU. Cougs. Here we are. Top 15. Interesting. 14, Texas A&M. 13, Auburn. 12, Baylor. 11, Oklahoma State. Interesting. Mm. How do you feel about BYU being ranked at 15? That's better than I thought, honestly. (laughs) When they weren't in that 16 to 25 range, I was honestly worried that they would not be in there at all. (laughs) But here they are at 15, so I'm happy to see that. Yeah. Um, Another big one is Baylor. I feel like... I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if the committee isn't valuing Oklahoma State and Baylor or if they're just valuing, you know, teams that are going to be in the top 10 over them. But I think Baylor has one of the best resumes in all of college football. You know who's not here yet? UTSA. Yeah. Do you think? So they were 16 in the AP poll. And they're undefeated. Do you think? I don't think they're going to be ranked. Though. I think they're going to be unranked at their Conference USA schedule. I don't know. I don't know. That would be Here's sad. I love BYU at 15. We have three games to move up three spots and hopefully end up back in New Year's Six consideration. The yeah. fact that they put us here is really, really big. Right. And if yeah. you look at the teams we got ahead of us, right? Texas A&M, they play Auburn this weekend. And so Texas A&M, Auburn, yeah. one of those teams is going to drop. going to drop. Baylor and Oklahoma State, they both have to play Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And yes, so do. if you're a BYU fan, you want Oklahoma to win both of those games. We got to be big Oklahoma So fans. that we can jump up ahead of those Boomer teams. Sooner. Although, I don't know if BYU can jump Baylor, even if Oklahoma beats Baylor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting, the head-to-head thing. Yeah. Here's the thing, Auburn does have to play Alabama still. That's true. And mm. so if Auburn beats Texas A&M and Bama beats Auburn, both those teams have three losses and they're dropping. Okay, okay. Yeah, we could jump those two. Oh. Uh-oh. Number we got 10, Notre Dame. 10. Holy cow. Okay. Did anybody expect Notre Dame to be at number 10? I mean, <sighs> not really. Like, they they haven't looked good this they, season. Yeah, they haven't passed the eye test for me. They, have, me they have a good record, but. 7-0, and only loss, a playoff considered Cincinnati. Mm. Mm. That's true. That does say a lot about Cincinnati. Kind of like what Danny was saying, though. I don't know if Notre Dame has passed the eye test. You know, like they've had really close wins against bad teams this year. They haven't looked dominant in any of their games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this the committee is really valuing their strength of schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see what happens with Cincinnati now. Yeah. Because the fact that Notre Dame is at 10 is huge. At number nine, we have a team that we were just talking about. An undefeated Wake Forest. Wake Forest, number nine. So Wake Forest is number 10 in the AP, nine in college football playoff. I think they probably control their own destiny. What would you guys say? They don't have a lot of ranked teams left on their schedule, but yeah. if they went so. out, I don't know how mm. you could keep them out, right? If they're 13-0. and I think teams ahead of them will fall because yeah. I think some of the teams ahead of them will play each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wake Forest kind of has a cupcake schedule the rest of the year. All they have to do is get through the ACC championship game, which they will likely face... Who, who even knows if they'll face Clemson? Yeah. We don't even know who they'll face. So, Wake yeah. Forest, I think, controls its own destiny. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they end up going 13-0 and and get left at number five. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that as well. Yeah. TCU vibes. I think it will have to depend on what happens in front of them. 
Um, mm-hmm. Georgia and Alabama obviously are both going to be ranked ahead of them, but one of those teams, right? So if Georgia beats Alabama, Wake Forest can take that spot maybe, right? Yeah. I and also, so. we haven't seen Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State. All of those yeah. teams are going to play each other. So we'll we'll see what happens there as well. I think it looks like a hard road for Wake Forest, if I'm honest. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> I number like eight, this. We have Oklahoma. Yes, Many please. Many people that Oklahoma would be in the top four. They're they were thinking that they'd eight. be number two. Yeah. What? How do this, you feel about this? This is the eye test right here. Yeah. I think me and the committee agree. Oklahoma, 9-0 and in the Big 12, but coming in at number eight, right next to Wake Forest. That tells me that the committee is factoring in the eye test for them. Maybe the quarterback controversy has played a role. They don't you know, they worry about the stability of the team with only different quarterbacks, but that is a happy surprise for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's huge, massive, massive for Cincinnati. Yeah, yep. um, true. Yeah, I just I'm blown away by that. My philosophy on this is, or my theory know. is that they have their two toughest games still ahead of them. Right. So maybe mm-hmm. the committee's just putting them there and say, until you can prove yourself, you're out. You know, that's yeah. a great point because Oklahoma has to play Baylor. They have to play Oklahoma State and they have to play, you know, Baylor or Oklahoma State most likely again again in the yeah. in the championship game. So what other team do they have to play? They have, I think I don't even know. We're looking it up right now. Yeah. Mm. But, Stand by. But really their hardest games are going to be Baylor and Oklahoma Iowa State. State. And Iowa State, who it's Iowa feisty. State is a feisty team as much as we like to hate on them. Yes, they are, but yep. it'll be in Norman. So Okay. Hmm. That's really interesting. Interesting. Because if Oklahoma wins out, I think they could I think they can jump in. Right? If yeah. they beat with their schedule. Top twelve Baylor, number eleven Oklahoma State, and a feisty Iowa State team. Now, clocking in at number seven, we have a 7-1 and one team in Michigan. Honestly, I'm not surprised okay. that they're here. It yeah. seems like a pretty good fit. Probably about right. Yeah. yeah. I would have put them maybe – I uh, I thought Oklahoma was going to be ranked higher, but I I agree with this, number mm-hmm. seven. Yeah, just lost to Michigan State. Um, They still have a path, being in the Big Ten and having a couple big games left on their schedule. But – I wonder where Michigan State will be if Michigan is at seven and right. Michigan State just beat them. They'd probably be top four, I would think. I would think so. Again, still no UTSA. Yeah. <laughs> are they top six? Are they top six or unranked? <laughs> Only time will tell. Line. Big story is UTSA. <laughs> yeah, keep your head out on Jeff Trailer's team. So, according to the AP Top 25, there are six, well, there are six teams left, right, that we haven't announced. And these are the teams that have yet to be announced that we assume are going to be top six. Oregon, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Michigan State, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Georgia. That's six. It's interesting that they put Oregon above an undefeated Oklahoma team. Yeah. Right? Even though Oregon that has that bad loss at Stanford. They also have the best yeah. win. Of maybe yeah, maybe their any team their the win right kind of overrides that because they didn't just beat Ohio State. They beat Ohio State at the shoe, and they beat them yeah. like handily. They like, the game was never beat in question. Easily. So that is like it's not even like if you were to compare it to basketball, it's not even tier one. It's like tier zero. Like it's <laughs> yeah. like a whole another tier above tier one. <laughs> it's a huge so win. That was an incredible win for them. I'm curious to see how they're going to order this. 
where they're going to put Cincinnati. Ooh, they got the graphic up on the screen right now. Oh, number one is Georgia. Number Georgia's one is Georgia. number one. Everyone knew that. Everyone no knew surprise that was there. No surprises there. Georgia has been by far the most dominant team in the nation. Yep. I'm excited to see which one lost team gets into the top four. Will it be Alabama? Will mm. it be Oregon? Or will it be Ohio State? It better not be Bama. Yeah. <laughs> we better not have two. Sorry, Mark. One teams. <laughs> yeah, Mark, I know, I know you're listening. No hard feelings. We love you. No hard feelings, Mark. <laughs> so it's interesting to think. Where will Cincinnati fall? Will they be in the yeah. top four? I don't know. I You would think, I don't know, the committee's shown that you have to have style points, right, with Oklahoma. Yep. Mm-hmm. We assume, anyway, that's the deal with them. Yeah. Come on, show mm. us the next team. Show us the <laughs> next team. I don't know about the you guys, suspense. but so far, like, I've kind of been impressed with the committee. Yeah. Oh my God. We have okay. Alabama okay. At That's it. Two. That's what? it. What? I am not surprised. College football's over. The committee is dumb. I'm going I home. Hate the committee is <laughs> stupid. Alabama Crimson Tide at number two. Okay. Let me Why tell am I not you. Surprised? Who has? Who have they beaten? Nobody. They just have brand image. They have Nick Saban. Gosh dang Honestly, it. Alabama has holes in their squad. They're not going to make the playoff at the end of the year because I honestly believe that Georgia will beat them handily. In the SEC championship. Well, this scares me now. If Alabama is at number two and they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, who's to say that they won't fall out of the top four? If they're number two. True. If they lose again but drop only to number four or something. I can totally see that happening. That would be terrible. I don't know. A two-loss Alabama team does not deserve to be in the playoff. But honestly, because of what we were talking about before, Alabama's fan base, it might happen. AIS, oh, baby. AIS principle. AIS. Alabama has beaten oh, a bad Miami team, Mercer, a bad Florida team, South Mississippi, Ole Miss, who doesn't look as good as they yeah, used to be. That's their best win, but that's their best not win. an amazing win. Lost to Texas A&M and then beat Mississippi State team, which is in the top 15 now. Oh, man. At number three, we have Michigan State. Sparty. Very interesting. Sparty coming in at number three. Okay. Sparty has some good wins on their schedule. They've been playing well. They've been winning ugly, but they've been winning. And this recency bias of them just beating Michigan in the way that they did, mm-hmm. I think that really gave them a boost. Yeah. yeah. I think that win was huge in putting them into serious playoff contention and not just kind of a frisky team to watch. I think that kind of cemented them in that top four territory. I feel like Michigan State is much like Oklahoma in the fact Mm -hmm. that they've kind of won ugly games. But I think what separates Michigan State from Oklahoma by five spots is that statement win over Michigan. Whereas Oklahoma doesn't have a statement win right now. Okay. Exactly. Man, that number four spot, this is going to be huge. Last this is going to be Cincinnati or not. There's no way they put Cincinnati, Cincinnati at number four. Ohio right? State or Oregon. There's I no honestly way think they Cincinnati's put Cincinnati. getting left out of the top four. Yep. If they put Alabama at two, then I have no faith in them honoring Cincinnati <laughs> at number four. Yeah, honestly, what the heck? I am so but, disappointed in the committee putting Alabama. What has two. Alabama done? Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Four is Oregon. Oregon. Interesting. Going the Pac-12 into the college football playoff okay. mix for the first time since 2014. <laughs> wow. That's I'm, a surprise. I'm very surprised by this. They have Oregon over Ohio State and Cincinnati. Hmm. So they must value that head-to-head a lot. A right? lot. So where are they going to put Ohio State? Are they going to put them at five or six? I think they'll put them at number five, yeah. which is really, really sad because 
there's no way Cincy is breaking the top four at this point. Right? Yeah, what do they have left? Their I mean, only hope is that Alabama loses and gets dropped to five. Oregon somehow loses another game, which, which honestly with Pac-12 Very possible. Dark, very possible. And then Michigan State loses to Ohio State, maybe. I don't know. There's not a lot of mobility right there. There hmm. isn't. I'm going to be honest. They're going to put a two-loss Alabama team in. A three-loss Alabama team. They're going to get three-loss Alabama team. Alabama could go six and six. Boom, playoffs. <laughs> if they this do, so... we're grabbing the pitchforks and going over to whoever it is that they do this. Yep. Going to Gary Barta's house. <laughs> yes. That should not be acceptable. Okay, this is I'm really sickened. blowing my mind right now. I just don't know what they've seen from Alabama. Like, I, know. I mean... They have looked good, but they've beaten on bad teams. Like, Yeah, Alabama, what's their remaining schedule looking like? They have Auburn. I think they'll have mm-hmm. a, a few games to prove themselves. The Iron Bowl at Auburn. LSU, Arkansas, Auburn. Yeah. LSU and Arkansas do not hold And then the SEC Championship. Ooh, don't sleep on New Mexico it. State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said them. Glossed so I, over that one. I think Cincy's <laughs> fate is going to be decided by Pac-12 cannibalism. Wow. Yeah, okay. number five, Ohio State. Ohio number State's f- at number five. And then Cincy at six. It's <laughs> Watch be it be UTSA at six. Oh, yeah, Cincy at six. That's honestly sad. Sorry, all you Cincinnati fans out there. Sorry for all you G5 fans out there, for too. Yeah. That is so ridiculous. All you college football Cincinnati fans who want to have fun. Sorry about that. Yeah, this is bad for college football, and I think people are going to be upset by this. Mm. Although, we have to realize that this will in some form, like, solve itself, right? We assume. Georgia has to play Alabama at the end of the season. And the Big Ten, where is it? There it is. Michigan State, number three, will play number five, Ohio State. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, oh man. I just feel bad for Cincinnati fans. I do. Are we going to have three one-loss teams in the college football playoff this year? If Alabama hmm. beats, I mean, yeah, it could definitely happen. If Oregon, Oregon wins, wins out, out Ohio Alabama State wins, wins out, out and, and Ohio wins. State beats Michigan State, we could have four one-loss teams in the playoff. Yep. And all the undefeated, the undefeated UTSA, undefeated Cincinnati, undefeated Oklahoma, undefeated Wake Forest, screw you guys. UTSA just got absolutely shafted, bro. Yeah, yeah UTSA, what's up with that? Where are they at in the I mean, AP? I guess UTSA hasn't played anyone at all. They're at 16. Yeah. So two other AP teams that are unranked in this poll are Houston and SMU. Interesting. Which is bad for Cincinnati. Because oh, yeah. really bad SMU. Their Cincinnati. best game remaining is SMU, who the committee is saying they don't really care about. Wait, they I didn't even think of that. So... Did they do that on purpose? To that's keep that's out? tough for Cincinnati. And wow. all G5 fans out there. I'm smelling something fishy. Coastal Carolina <laughs> is also unranked Coastal in there. Coastal Carolina is unranked. Yeah, screw them. Um, I don't care. I'm happy they're not ranked. <laughs> Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, were they ranked? No, they that? were at the beginning of the season. But they were ranked okay. week one. Yeah, they're ranked 24th in the AP poll, but not in this playoff poll. Playoff ranking, I should say. I think this is devastating for Cincinnati because yep. they're, it's just so sad. They don't have any room to prove themselves either because of what you said, Dan. Yeah. Like SMU and Houston aren't, aren't even in the top 25, and so there's no way Cincy can improve its spot. Mm-hmm. And 
And honestly, even if Oregon loses, I don't think they drop below Cincinnati. Nope. Maybe they do. Yeah. But there's no way that Ohio State, if they went out, would drop below Cincinnati. I, so I just don't like, think there's a lot. Looks of like Oregon kind of controls its destiny. Mm-hmm. If Oregon they win does. the Pac-12, looks like they're in the playoff. For sure. Which um, I don't think any of us really saw coming. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I don't see that at coming all. either. Oklahoma State and Baylor could both possibly lose. Mm-hmm. Auburn could lose. Texas A&M could lose. There is upward mobility for BYU. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is win, get some style points. Maybe by the end of the year we can hit that 12 mark. I don't know. I Time will only tell. And here's the thing, too, because this is what I hate about like the bowl buy-ins or the bowl assignments and stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. even if BYU does, you know, because Auburn, Texas A&M, BYU's going to jump one of them. Right. Yeah. Maybe even both of them once the Iron Bowl comes. And probably one of those other Big Twelve teams, yeah. Baylor and Oklahoma State, if right. they lose again, right, BYU could jump one of them. And both of them might lose, right? Who's to say both of them will yeah, lose? Both of them. So, for all we're saying, BYU could wind up as number eleven, maybe a number ten if some other things happen. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that BYU at number ten is still going to go play in the Independence Bowl? Because the Sugar Bowl is contracted ACC SEC, yeah. or the Cotton Bowl is scheduled for Big Twelve, Big Ten, right? That'd be some absolute yeah, garbage. Yeah, that's what worries me. I feel like, I mean, there's a good chance of that happening, honestly, yeah. with those you know those conference alignments that those bowl games have. Yeah, do away with conference. Uh, hmm. Do away with conference tie-ins with bowl games. Yeah, not a huge fan of it. It really, really needs to go away. Yeah. So, to wrap it up here, what are our final thoughts on the college football playoff top 25? Dan, you want to kick us off? Um, my, I mean, we've talked about Cincinnati. My, my other big takeaway is Oklahoma. They were, you know, top four team in the AP poll, but the committee has shown that they value the eye test, and they dropped it down to eight, which... I'm not complaining about. <laughs> I agree with them and saying Oklahoma has not looked as good. I think they can look a lot better and they'll have the games to do so. But I'm I'm pleased that the committee put them at eight and not just automatically put them in the top four. My takeaway is that the committee is again full of a bunch of boneheads <laughs> that have their own agendas that want to see the same four teams in the playoff every year that want to see, you know, it's not like Oregon would be a new team in the playoff. They've been there before. And Oregon has a wide fan base. Oregon has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The college football playoff committee clearly has an agenda of making the most money possible, which we get it. College football playoff, as much as it is the sport, it's also a business. But to some degree, man, you just got to let the best teams play. And for me, Alabama at number two is an absolute joke. Yeah. Um, my biggest takeaway, probably... BYU being 15, mm-hmm. giving us and seeing the teams ranked above us. Yeah. Because that there is a whole ton of upward mobility yes. for BYU. We've got a pretty good ceiling, I think. Yeah. Which, you know, somebody's got to take my blue goggles, pry them off my eyelids. <laughs> but there is a shot BYU could make a New Year's Six with a decisive win over USC in yeah. the final yeah. game of the season. That would be massive. Do you think, think we'd get invited to the Pac-12 championship game? <laughs> you know, I heard uh, Samson Nakua saying he was going to talk to the. Oh, okay. He was going to talk to George Klyovkov about it. So thank you, Samson. 
Good thing he's got those contacts in the both both Nakua brothers have contacts in the back twelve. Yep. Maybe help us out a little bit. Alrighty, well, uh, that about wraps it up for us and our live reactions. So we'll send it back and we'll do a little time travel. Right now, I'm sitting in a chair. And as I sit in the chair, my eyes are absolutely glued to the television. Why is that, you may ask? It's because it's freaking Maction time, baby! The month of November is my favorite and our favorite month of mm-hmm. the year. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, for the next three or four weeks, the whole month of November, including two bonus Tuesday night games on the week of Thanksgiving, we have some of the most exciting football games you will ever watch. Maction. The MAC, the the Mid-American Conference, plays on Tuesday and Wednesday and sometimes Thursday nights (laughs) in the month of November. And the craziest stuff goes down. Literally just watching this, we saw a ridiculous sack where the guy like got smacked in half, and we've seen a fumble and a crazy sweep dive touchdown. So, and it, we're not even done with the first quarter, and it's fourteen fourteen. So, if you love football and you need more of it, and you need more of the crazy, ridiculous plays that only Maxion can bring you, then you need to tune in Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. Okay. After hearing the uh, rankings reaction, the lunacy. Let us know what you think. Alabama <laughs> number two. Uh, we have some thoughts about that, as you now know. <laughs> but yeah, slide into our DMs with your thoughts. And without further ado, we have our fastest 15, or as I like to say, as a believe fan, the flippin' 15. <laughs> the flippin' 15. Cue the music, folks. We kick things off with the game of the year where Sparta, this is the Hugh Jackman slashed the green early and often, jumping out to a 30 to 14 lead. But not Barbie's boy toy, Ken Neth had other ideas as he pulled a ray and decided he was a Skywalker, cutting up the Fishigan defense easier than that last episode of Mando. The days of Harbaugh's future past become present, but now presently past, and probably future present, oh as Mel truckers the corn and blue to third place in the Big Ten East. Sparty takes home Paul Bunyan, 37 to 33. What a game. The minor dust devils of Iowa State University hoped to knock off West Virginia off of its mountain, but they couldn't even make the climb to even threaten them. The whole country sang, Take me home, country roads, to the place where I belong, West Virginia. As the Mountaineers took home the dub, 38-31. We head to Salt Lake City, where a fight for second place to BYU in the Pac-12 South was in full force as the Scroots went hunting for the Bruins. Tevion Thompson ran circles around the Bruins defense, sticking his hand right into their beehive and pulling out four touchdowns. Ethan Garber looked more like the Ethan Gerber baby, taking Colossal L to the Utes, 44 to 24. Sam Wise, Howell G, came into Shelob's lair holding the vial of Galadriel Tar Heel, 
but was met rudely by a couple of angry Irishmen rather than a big gas spider. <laughs> there is no famine this time, as Jack Cozy Cohen and Kylo Ren Williams found the North Carolina defense to be a bunch of walking potatoes, racking up over 550 yards of offense. That's a lot of yards. I ain't no Mac Brown falls to the good eye Brian Kelly, 44 to 34. We had to wake them all, Tejas, where we are running out of <coughs> choking <laughs> jokes. Or Steve, not the hedge Sarkeesian. Speaking of hedges, this game's wet blanket turtle was Bijan, son of Robin, who only ended up with 43 rushing yards. <coughs> Sorry, Miss Jackson, but Baylor's for real. The Bars beat the Slughorns 31-24. In dark reddish, brownish, orangish Alabama, two mid-tier yet still ranked in the top 20 SEC teams went head-to-head -head in front of a crowd full of Middle Eastern rabbits. Matty was ice cold and Bo Nix fixed himself some grits with three tuddlies. Mm. Bigsby hopped in his tank and sent a carrier war eagle that delivered the message to the rebels that they are still politically incorrect. Arbon wins 31-20. In Houston, SMU had a problem. The Stang stank out of the gate and the Halloween-flavored Cougars jump-scared out to an early lead. But Tanner Mordecai <laughs> pulled some Coco-esque heroics, tying the game with 17 seconds left. On the ensuing kickoff, Marcus Jones went big chungus on the Mustangs, flipping a last-second kick return for a touchdown Uno reverse card to give Houston the 44-37 win they needed to leap into the top 25. What a game. Of the AP rankings. <laughs> On a cold evening in Fort Collins, Boise took a field trip to see an actual state. Mm. As soon as they got off the school bus, they started causing a ruckus and stole Colorado statehood once and for all. The Rams gave their best effort, but they got bucked by the Broncos, losing 28-19. to the Mississippi State Bulldogs invited Kentucky into Tony Starkville, where they bit the Wildcats and refused to let go. Mike Leach showed the world that Kentucky is equally as good as his opinion on candy corn. Overrated garbage. Will Levis tossed three interceptions, literally handing Mississippi State a 31-17 victory. And we head to Tempe, Arizona, or Tempe, where the Sun Devils delivered their second straight garbage booty butt performance. Sheesh. It seemed like hell froze over as ASU's defense was ice cold the entire night. The Cougars, Washington State that is, route the Devils in a 34-21 Pac-12 after dark special. The Pitt Panthers turn into Pitt Stains after their battle with Tyler Dick Van Dyke, who put up 426 yards with three touchdowns in an impressive showing for my hammy. Heisman hopeful Kenny Pickett ended up with over 500 yards. Wow. wow. <laughs> But it wasn't enough as Pittsburgh takes their second L of the season, losing to the Miami Hurricanes 38-34. to Do you think it was those extra headsets, Boom? It mm. might have been. In Jacksonville, the gay tours sure needed some aid as Dan Mullen led his men straight into a massacre. The game most resembled that one scene from the new Batman trailer where Batman beats the absolute crap out of a guy and then says, I am vengeance. And also that one scene from Monsters, Inc. where they throw Randall through the trailer park door and the kid says, Ma, another gator got in the house. And the mom comes over and says, Hey, give me that shovel. And beats him with it. Jaja wins 34-7. to Two very comparable movie scenes. The very same. But next, we head to Madison, where the Badgers stepped on the field just to find out their competition never showed up. The Hawkeyes landed at the stadium, but
but flew away as soon as they saw a confident Graham Mertz throwing the ball. Spencer Petrus had missed all of his receivers on his way to an abysmal performance. Wisconsin proves they're not the butt of the Big Ten, winning 27-7. Maxson is here! College football's most bestest tradition kicks off with a ridiculously high-scoring affair in Bison, New York. Matt McDonald bowled a ham bone on only 13 completions, and the Falcons' defense flew right past the Buffaloes, racking up six sacks and 11 tackles for loss. And to top it all off, the game ended on a completely unnecessary, yet stunningly beautiful, 47-yard fake knee touchdown run to run up the score. Balling Green beats Buffalo 56-44. to we finish off in the Columbus that didn't kill any Native Americans, oh, where the wow. shoe was more that scarlet one. than Johansson. The essence of Dittany Lions, who couldn't muster enough mustard to knock off the nuts from the tree, and Trayvon, son of Hender, gashed Lapicero Saint for a buck fifty and a toodly. The Ohio State University snags the dub, 33-24. to 24. And that was our fastest 15. <sighs> Sounds like man. That was good. It was a good week. Yes, it was. Yeah, I don't even need water this time. I feel like my throat is finally adjusting to the fastest 15. That's <laughs> yep. awesome. So let's finish off the episode recapping the picks. It was a very interesting week for the picks. We had Big Game Boomer tie for first place, going 7-3. and three. His upset pick did not hit, so we don't have a tiebreaker <laughs> there. So we'll see what ends up happening by the end hmm. of the season. Yep. I also went 7-3. and three. My upset pick, I got plus one on it. UTEP did cover the spread. So shout out to UTEP for that. Yeah, uh, I had a bad week. Well, not bad. I, I went five and five, but now me and Justin are now tied for first place at forty six and thirty four. Intriguing. <laughs> this week I went six and four, and am miles behind the other two at forty five and thirty five. Just that's, one game. That's a distance of one game <laughs> for all of you math folks. But. It's been a good season so far. We are all above 500 on the year, mm-hmm. which is as to be expected from our very logical takes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. If you ever want to make some money, just bet responsibly on everything we say. Remember, bet Cheez-Its. <laughs> yep. Responsible Don't Cheez-Its. Don't get betting on this podcast. Not at all. Unless it's Cheez-Its. Lots yeah. of Cheez-Its. Or unless you win. Then it's <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. If you win, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Only if you win, though. Yep. Yes. All right, everybody, that concludes this episode of the Let's Talk podcast. Thank you for joining in. Please share this episode with your friends and family. If you enjoyed, please leave a rating. Those reviews really help a lot. Follow us on the social media platforms at Let's Talk Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Banter with us on Instagram. Let us know what you thought about all our takes. And we'll, we will see you on Thursday. Yep. Thank you. See you guys. <laughs>